You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. It's such a privilege to stand before you, and I'm so excited about this series. I believe we're going to go on a journey. We're going to engage in some things that is going to help us better understand who our king is. And really, you know, we can look at it in a, a frame of mind that he is the king, but we want to personalize that. And we want it to come to where you understand that he is your king and you can claim him as your king. That is Jesus Christ. I just wanted to share a couple of things again. Uh, uh, welcome, first-time visitors, and we're so glad you could be here in this service. And, and we trust that uh, this morning, the truth of God's word will have an impact in some way in your life because God's doing something in the earth today. And, and I'm glad and privileged to be a part of it. And I'm, I'm believing that we're going to see a greater manifestation of the working of God in this earth because we look at the world, the great need, the great distress out there, the turmoil, and we know that we need God to show up on earth in our lives more than ever before, don't we? And so uh, uh, just Tim mentioned, and, he, and Tim actually, he does our finances around here, and actually he's a graduate, graduate of the same Bible school that I graduated from, and, and so he had mentioned the year and gift, and, and I just want to encourage you to pray about what you would do. If you're a member of Refuge, earnestly seek God and pray about what you could do for a special year and gift that we'll be receiving on December 20th, and that will go towards meeting this annual budget. Uh, we have reached 71, 72% of our budget this year, and, and we know that across the world, December is the greatest month of expressing generosity uh, in the year in our society and for many churches in America. So uh, we take this as a matter to prayer, and we realize that we don't uh, necessarily give into need, we give into vision. Uh, vision-based giving, not need-based giving. And we don't necessarily give just because there's a need. We give because there's a cause, right? We give because there's a heart connection to participate in what God is doing in the earth. So need alone doesn't move God because if it did, then every need would be met on this earth and we see needs going unmet. But it's faith that moves God. It's vision that inspires us and it's love that motivates us. And so we're excited about what God is doing here and these projects going on and different things, and, and we can all be a part of that as, as members of Refuge. So I, I think one thing that I've learned uh, in almost 32 years of ministry is that you've got to trust God when it comes to finances. You, ha you just have to trust God in your personal life, and in any endeavor that you do, you have to learn to trust God. And, and we trust God uh, to meet the financial needs that you may be experiencing and corporately the financial needs for us as we accomplish what God wants us to do in our community and beyond. So thank you. All right, I have some humor for you this morning. There was, uh, it's always good to start out with a little humor, prepare you for the meat of the word. But there was a Sunday school teacher that was discussing the Ten Commandments with her five and six-year-old class. And after explaining the commandment to honor uh, your father and mother, how many of you know that's a good one, moms and dads? You know, we, we, gotta, we have to hit on that one for sure. 
after explaining that commandment, uh, the teacher asked, is there a commandment that teaches us how to treat our brothers and sisters? And one student piped up and said, yes, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to kill your brothers and sisters. That wouldn't go over good with mom and dad, would it? Anyway, uh, this, uh, today it's interesting to note that today is the first day of Hanukkah, which is a Jewish holiday celebrating the rededication of the Jewish temple 21 centuries ago. And so it begins today and lasts for eight days, ending on December 14th. And it's also known as the Feast of Lights or Festival of Lights. And each day they light a light on the, the can, I forget what they call it, Menorah. And so uh, that begins today. And those dates change every year uh, depending upon the Jewish calendar. So we certainly uh, can join and, and celebrate with that event and what the Jewish uh, uh, community is celebrating as well. That it really uh, speaks of rededication and also commemorates the Jews' struggle for freedom as they were leaving the bondage of, of the captivity of uh, Babylon. So this is Christmas time. Everybody got your Christmas shopping, shopping done? No, almost, almost, that's good. You're a little bit further along than I am, I guess, then. I always like to wait till the 23rd or 24th, and you can get all the... No, no, no I'm just kidding. Uh, but a quote by Hamilton Wright, maybe, which I thought was really good, says, Bless is the season which engages the whole world to a conspiracy of love. Isn't that good? And this is, there's a conspiracy of love as we engage this season and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. In this series, we want to identify who is the king and who is our king and explore what this king, Jesus, came to bring to humanity. And we have it up on behind me, joy, peace, hope, and salvation. We'll be exploring these elements of what Jesus brought to the earth and brought to humanity. Now, there's much more, but these are things that we're going to be focusing on uh, this month. Uh, in Christianity, Jesus Christ was born king. Now, that's significant because he was king at birth, unlike other kings. And he wants to be your king if you receive him. And this is not exclusive, it's personal, okay? He came to bring joy, he came to bring peace, hope, and salvation to you and to the rest of the world so that you could experience his joy, his peace, his hope, and his salvation. What he brought to us is what he had to give. And so what we receive essentially is him. He gave us himself. Today we're going to explore joy. And we understand, I want to get it stated off the start here, joy is produced from within. It's internal. Happiness, on the other hand, is produced from the outside and is external. So there's a contrast there, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But let's join our faith together as we pray, as we uh, look to the Lord for this time of ministry in the Word. 
Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to share the word of God. I thank you for this body of believers. And as we begin this series, Lord God, we pray that you give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Heavenly Father, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened so that we could know the hope of our calling and the inheritance in the, in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to take up and read the Christmas story. Uh, you have maybe read this or seen television programs and heard stories throughout your life about Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, it's a story that can be retold over and over, and it never grows old. And we shouldn't let it become just, oh, I heard that. So let's pretend like this is the first time you ever hearing the story, okay, as we take this up in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were filled with great fear. Now let's note verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Going on into verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. Let's talk about this great joy that we see in verse 10. Great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. This great joy was not just for this particular occasion of announcing Jesus' birth. But this great joy, I believe, is a sustaining joy that was to impact every generation from that point forward. The birth of a child usually brings joy. And sometimes um, that joy can be short-lived when you have to deal with waking up in the middle of the night, changing stinking diapers and all that. You know, that... that Joy may not necessarily be sustained. Now, don't get me wrong, you, you're still happy to have that child, but sometimes you just lack the joy. And uh, so, but we're talking about a great joy, a sustaining joy that will make an impact in the lives of people like you and me. Now, let me just tell you, 
Joy affects everything about your life. Joy is the attitude of an overcomer. If you have a victorious mindset, if you are considered a champion, and you should be because the word declares that you are, then joy is an attribute that you carry and that you display. Now, uh, joy sometimes is um, a scarce commodity, and sadly to say, sometimes even among believers. But we, those who profess Christ as Lord and Savior, should be the most joyful people on this planet, right? Not whom. You know, Monday should be an exciting day for you because the weekend's over and you're ready to go and pack the rest of the world for the rest of the week, okay? Yeah. So, our people who live in defeat and defeated live their lives without joy. There's a lack of joy. So my question for you this morning is where is your joy? And then the question to follow that is what is the source of your joy? And that's what we want to touch on this morning. So what is joy? Let's define it. Joy means delight, okay? Merriam-Webster actually defines it as a source or cause of great happiness. It's not the happiness itself, but it's the source of the happiness. It goes on to say something or someone that gives joy to someone. Everything, realize, has a source. Everything has a source. But most of the time, we only see the outcome of the source. But we must recognize the source. Okay, how many of you have electricity in your home? Where's the source of that electricity? How often do you take a drive by the power plant? And you just look, ah, that's where it's coming from. That's where the power to give me internet, TV, lights, heat in my home, that's where it comes from. No, you don't often look at the source or reflect on the source, but it's different. When we talk about joy, we need to look to the source, and that needs to be a focus of our lives. Amen? Joy is the result of a genuine encounter with God. Joy is not natural. It is supernatural, okay? Joy is inward strength. You know, just an example of a loved one. You know, I've, I've done a number of funerals in, in the years that I've served as a pastor. And something that we always do, we always pray with the family. We pray for strength. And, and, you know, you see incredible strength in, in the person who lost either a spouse, a child, or a loved one. And, and they're displaying such strength, and, and you look in awe, like, how can they be so strong? And we think, how would I do in that same situation? But we can notice and see the impact of joy sustaining a person going through a horrific trial or test. And so... Uh, in fact, the Bible speaks of a joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's an inexpressible joy that we possess as believers. I believe that's 1 Peter 1.8. I don't have a slide for that one. Rick Warren makes a statement. 
He said, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Uh, That's a great definition of joy. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Joy is not the same as happiness because happiness is circumstantial. It really is dependent upon the circumstances that are happening around you, happenings, you know, what's happening in your life, what's happening around you. That often is what determines your happiness. It can be circumstantial and fleeting. However, joy is a heart posture. It's a position that you take. The dictionary definition of happiness is a state of well-being, a pleasurable or satisfying experience. Happiness is based on what you are experiencing, okay? Now, what if you're experiencing something that's not so pleasant? Well, there goes your happiness, right? But if you have joy, we realize that joy is an inward sustaining strength that gets you through the pressures, the tests, the trials of life that you encounter or the negative experience that you're presently in. Joy will get you through it. Now, depending on the translation of the Bible, I actually have a couple up here of the, uh, what is this one, the New American Standard and the King James Version. And then on, on this little device, I have probably about 30 different translations. But depending on what translation you may have, the Bible uses the words happy and happiness about 30 times, while joy and rejoice are found more than 300 times. So there's a greater emphasis that the Bible places on joy rather than happiness. And some people say, I just want to be happy. Well, that's okay, but that should not be your focus. That should not be your emphasis. That should not even be your goal. Joy is sustaining. Happiness is fleeting. And our king has come to bring joy. He's come to bring joy. What are areas that generate or release or better yet express joy in our lives? I made just a little bit of a list here. There's joy in serving. I tell you, there's a joy in serving. And, and for the person that does not have a servant's heart, they're usually the complainer. They're usually the one who's grumbling and griping. They're usually the one that they, they know how it should be done, but they're not doing it. So there's a joy that is generated when we serve because that's part of God's DNA he placed within us that makeup of being a servant. In fact, Jesus said, the greatest among you is the servant of all. Jesus said, I've come to serve. He came with the intent to serve, not necessarily be served. Amen? And so we also see that there's joy in giving. Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I tell you, when you can give and put a smile on somebody's face, when you can make an impact in somebody's life, There's joy. One of the things that keeps pulling me back to the continent of Africa on mission trips and ministry over there is to see the joy in the people because of the the little that we're doing to make an impact in their life. 
And, and it's, it's a joy to give. It's a joy in that sense to impart something to someone else to be a blessing in their life, even if it's the time of day. The giving is not just a financial matter. Giving includes a whole lot of other things that you can do. Time, talent, uh, just being there to care, to, to show your concern for someone. There's also joy in living. There's joy in living. You can live your life with the joy of God in your life. And you might not like this one, but there's joy in working. Yeah. See, there's joy in your work. Uh, there's no happiness. In fact, this is a, a quote by Henry Ford. He said, there's no happiness except in the realization that we have accomplished something. So when, when you've finished a project, you know, and you stand back and look at that project, th th there's joy in not only doing the project, but seeing the finished result. How many of you enjoy your work? Yeah, now the staff, our staff, you need to raise your hand. Right? <laughs> At least pretend that you enjoy it. But, you know, today's society, so many people hate their job. And that's so wrong. They've, they've missed out on, on what God has for them, even though it may not be the best job, and even though there may be issues that you have to deal with. There is joy in working, the fact that you can work, because some can't. Now, this morning, I have actually four things that I'm going to share. Usually, I share three things about the subject topic that we're talking about, but I have four. I, I, I couldn't figure out how to do it with only three. So, what are four things we can say about joy? And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one, your joy or your source of joy determines the extent or limit of your strength. Your source of joy determines the extent or limit of your strength. Now realize that if our source of joy is our king, Jesus Christ who came to bring us joy, then that source of joy for us is unlimited. We can never exhaust it. We can never run it dry. There's an unlimited source of joy that is accessible to those who put their faith and trust in Jesus. I love Psalms 1611. Let's look at this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if you want to experience his joy, you need to get in his presence. You need to get in a place. And, and you might say, well, what is the presence of God? The presence of God, we realize he's everywhere all the time. But his manifest presence is accessible when we seek him, when we reach out to him with our faith, when we call on his name. In a worship service this morning, in the worship service this morning, I felt his presence. How many of you felt his presence? We were in his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy, complete joy. And most of you know Nehemiah 8.10, the last part of the verse says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow. That's my source of joy. Now, there's a couple ways of, of looking at this. I heard one minister one time say, the joy of the Lord is your strength can refer to God's joy 
is seeing you made strong. Just like a parent seeing their son hitting the ball and, and running around the three bases for a home run. Their dad is out there, yeah, yeah, go, son, go. Excited about what their son is accomplishing. That father's pretty happy, right? And so the Heavenly Father gets happy when he sees us succeed, when he sees us made strong. But we can, we can take that verse both ways. The joy of the Lord, his joy in us makes us strong. Amen? Number two. Joy is a quality of the divine nature and is manifest when we are in right relationship with God. It's a quality of his nature. And when we're in right relationship with God, then that joy has the capacity and the ability to manifest in our life. Galatians 5.22 calls it fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So we can see joy listed as one of these fruits. Fruit is something that's produced by the fruit tree. Fruit is something that's produced in our lives by the Spirit of God. And so we can see joy in people. It's a fruit. I have to pick up my wife. You know, she knows how to have a good time. She can be very joyful, especially when it gets a certain time of day. She gets giggly. And when she, the giggles come on, they don't usually turn off too easily. But, but one thing that has blessed me about her is even in sometimes a challenging situation, uh, she can make light of it by, you know, looking at the bright side. And, and so I think that's an important quality because you can be going through something negative and you can be complaining and grumbling. But, you know, sometimes we just need to laugh at what we're dealing with. Like, this is a joke because I know that God has something better. I know that he has a plan and purpose for my life. So lack of joy is an issue for many believers, sad to say. Do you want to experience joy in your life? Well, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's only produced by God's work in us when you allow him to work what he needs to work in your life. When you give him, him an opportunity, when you come before him, okay, God, do a work because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Uh, Kyle Barth makes a statement. He says, joy is the simplest form of gratitude. So maybe it's, it just starts by you being grateful, by you showing gratitude. Number three, joy produces a faith expectancy that is independent of the circumstances that you're going through. Joy produces a faith expectancy that is independent of the circumstances. Matthew 5.12, and we talked about persecution last week. It says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus himself said, even if you're being persecuted, rejoice. Get excited about that. Now, that might be hard, you might say, to do, but 
We know that Jesus would tell us to do something that we couldn't do without his help. Then I love James 1, 2. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, count it all joy. Another translation says, consider joy. Notice what it goes on to say, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And verse 3 goes on to say, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. But what's interesting about that verse, we're to consider joy in the midst of the trial. Now, you know what that actual Greek word, consider joy, implies? It literally means to throw a party. In other words, honey, you know, the dishwasher just broke down, the furnace needs repairs, go ahead and bake a cake. We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate. <laughs> you know? Really, literally, that's what this scripture is saying. When you encounter all this junk, all this mess, that's the time to rejoice and celebrate. And the world will look at you, what is wrong with you? How can you be celebrating when everything's going wrong in your life? Well, you might say you're in denial, but no, you can just say, I'm, I'm being biblical. I'm, I'm practicing James chapter 1, verse 2. Number four, joy is a choice. It really boils down to a choice. Philippians 4, 4, I can remember as an early Christian, I came across this passage because I wasn't very happy at the moment. And I, I read Philippians 4, 4, and what it says, let's read it. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. The Amplified Version says, delight takes pleasure in him. Again, I say rejoice. And there was a song we used to sing, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And I can't sing. <clears throat> and I can remember I was depressed. I was not feeling well. I was down on myself. It just was not a good day for me. And I, I read this verse, and I, I see the word always, and I thought, well, Lord, is there ever an exception? Is there ever an exception to always? And, and I, I couldn't see that there is, because always is always. And so I can remember I started singing that song. I started singing that song depressed, dejected, upset, in turmoil. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I, I didn't start, I, I said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. <laughs> but I felt like the Spirit of God was prompting me to continue that song. And so I continued to sing that song until something broke free in my heart. Oh, you know that? Experience, and I don't remember how old I was, maybe 19 years old. That changed my life forever because I realized that I can tap into God's joy. Because the scripture is rejoice in the Lord, that means to rejoy. Uh, it's, it's like refill. How many of you like to get refills? I think that's the best thing they came up at these fast food restaurants, but it's not good for the diet, it's not good for our health. The free refills. And now we ask the question when we go to the restaurant, are there free refills? <laughs> yes. Oh, good. If not, okay, I'm not ordering a soda. Give me water. Right? Don't want to pay for more than one soda. 
Can you imagine we live in a culture like that, that we're not willing to pay for more than one soda? Okay, that's, the, that's another side issue, okay? But it says rejoice, rejoice. In other words, go back and fill it up again. Because, and, and you know, at those restaurants, they never run out. They just keep filling it. We were in Tulsa, and I, I, the whole time we were down there, I was longing for southern sweet tea. You know, I mean, there's nothing like it. It, it doesn't compare up here. You know, it just doesn't compare. And so I waited to the very last day because I know what I, if, I, if I got on it, I would have wanted it for every meal. So I, I disciplined myself. I said, the last day, I'm going to have sweet tea. And actually, Pastor Deb was kind enough to, because I was in the bathroom, going to the bathroom, and she had ordered it, and so it was there when I got to the table. I thought, oh, great, sweet tea, okay? I think that's how it went. <laughs> she might have another version, though. Um, so, and, and, you know, and I... As soon as, I wouldn't even, I wasn't even finished with the first one and he brings another one. And then I only got about halfway down with that second one and they brought a third one. I think there was at least four of them. Now, and I kept making the excuse, well, there's a lot of ice in the glass, okay? <laughs> so, but uh, I had at least four uh, sweet teas when I was down there at the last day in Tulsa. So uh, we had to plan our trip home, making sure there was gas stations every now and then. Anyway, but uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So there's times if you're in the deepest depression, you need to begin to tap into that joy. And, and maybe there's another song, because the song I, I sang back then, that's kind of outdated. But maybe, maybe Anna can write a new song that can help release that joy in our hearts so we can rejoice. Psalms 98 verse 4 says, make a joyful noise. Yeah, all you have to do is make a joyful noise. It might not even sound good. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. You know, this is a command. It doesn't even say to make a happy noise. It says make a joyful noise. Because joy is released from our heart when we begin to worship God. When we begin to allow that fruit of his spirit to be released in our lives. The evidence of joy is a song in your heart. Is there a song in your heart? When you go about your day, there needs to be a song in your heart. That's evidence of, of joy in your life when there's a song in your heart. You can sing his praise. You can do it under your breath. You don't want you have to annoy your coworkers at work. But you can have a song in your heart. Psalms 51:11. I love this verse. Our church name is in it. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Ever? So don't stop. And spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. Let them ever sing for joy. Don't stop singing. Don't ever let that song in your heart be silenced. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. 
For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.